0: but I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hello, and welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode marks the sixth and final episode in my holiday survival series for parents, and I hope it's been helpful. Last week, we talked about dealing with holiday gatherings from the perspective of encountering people, maybe extended family members, maybe your own parents, maybe friends or neighbors who don't necessarily parent the way that you do. How do we handle that? How do we set our kids up for success? How do we prepare ourselves mentally and how do we communicate with those people to have the best outcomes for our kids? I get asked all the time, how do we deal with these moments where we're faced with people who might criticize our parenting, who might step in and do something with our child that we would never do. How do we handle that? So I cover all of that and then some in last week's episode. So if you haven't listened yet, definitely go back and listen to that episode. And then today we're talking about managing holiday gatherings and events, but from the perspective of setting our kids specifically up for success, how do we work with and not against their schedules? How do we handle holiday meltdowns? What do we do when they melt down in public or at a gathering? How do we handle those moments? So today we are going to cover all of that. But first, I wanted to remind you that I created an amazing free resource for you this holiday season. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed, if you're just generally not feeling good about how you're doing the holidays this year, if you're feeling like you're doing too much or you're just not enjoying it, you want to get this guide. It covers how to simplify your holiday. How to Handle Common Holiday Parenting Struggles, and it's all in one place. It is an all-in-one resource, and it's totally free. So go to RaisedResilient.com forward slash holiday and grab your copy today. Okay, so let's dive into managing holiday gatherings and activities and events from the perspective of setting our kids up for success. So first of all, the holidays are a time when we do tend to have a lot of things on our calendars that we might not normally We might be taking our kids to holiday performances or parades, or we might be watching our kids in holiday performances or parades. We might be doing cookie decorating or parties with friends or gatherings with extended family. We might be staying up late and taking our kids to a holiday movie. We might be going to a tree lighting or a concert, things that we might not normally do. And in the month of December, we might have something different every weekend and then maybe even some weeknights. And while this can be so much fun for kids, it can also create this excited, almost anxious energy in them, which, if we don't know how to support them, can lead to behavior going downhill, can lead to behaviors that make us think, oh my goodness, we shouldn't even be doing these things. This is a terrible idea. What were we thinking? Might even lead us to feel really frustrated and threaten to take away these outings or threaten to punish It's like a holiday paradox, right? We want to take our kids to do all of these fun things, but then that fun, excited, hey, this is different than our normal routine energy creates this excited anticipation in our kids who are already, if you celebrate Christmas, anticipating Christmas, anticipating Santa coming. So that's a lot to manage. They're also doing different things at school if they go to school. They're doing things that are outside of the norm. And when that happens, again, this excited anticipation, if our kids don't know how to manage that and if we don't know how to support them, then creates these behaviors. Because again, remember, behavior is communication. And when your child is losing it or being so silly and not listening to anything you're saying as you're trying to get out the door for a holiday gathering, it's not because taking them is the wrong call. I mean, sometimes it might be, right? Your child might just be exhausted and done and you know your child best. But most of the time, it's just that they're out of their normal routine and we're packing in a lot and we're probably not sitting them down necessarily and preparing them and so They start acting out. They start getting silly. They don't know what to do with all that energy in their bodies. And we look at that and we're frustrated because we are already trying to manage a packed schedule. Maybe we're trying to get out the door on time and our kids just aren't cooperating. And it can make us feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm trying to do all this fun stuff for you, and you're just acting out. Maybe we shouldn't even be doing the things. So this presents us with a bit of a conundrum, but it is something we can absolutely manage if we think ahead about how to support our kids. If we shift our mindset from this behavior being bad or problematic to this behavior is communicating that my child needs something different, how can I support my child in these moments? if we can shift the way we're thinking about it, then we can come up with a plan to support our kids and we can do the fun things that we want to do. We just need to have the right mindset and we need a plan for how to handle the hard moments. We need to talk to our kids ahead of time and prepare them for things that might not go well and have a plan. We need to think about how are we gonna handle it if our child has a meltdown where we're going? How will we make that work? And then when our kids are struggling, What's the kindest interpretation of their behavior? It's so easy to see the behavior as acting out or trying to push our buttons or a way that our child is expressing that we've given them too much fun. I think that's how our parents often looked at it. You know, I'm going to turn this car around if you don't stop acting up. But the acting up is communication. Your child needs something in that moment. And so if you can get curious, I talk about this all the time on this podcast, but you're going to really want to lean into that, the getting curious, the behavior as communication during the holidays. So, for example, last night, my kids' school held the first concert that they've ever held since I've had a child there. So, we have a new music teacher. And also, with the pandemic, they just didn't do stuff like this for a while. And it was so fun. It was adorable. I absolutely. Loved it. They had all the kids singing together, and my little five year old was up there just having the time of his life. It was awesome. And then we came home and we had all the grandparents over for pizza, and we were just hanging out and having a good time. And my five year old was just so silly, so loud, having such a difficult time regulating himself, refusing to sit down and actually eat a bite of food, even though he's usually really good about sitting down for dinner. We sit down together every night. But this was out of the norm and he had just come off of this really fun, exciting experience and he just did not know what to do with himself. And I did feel frustrated. I felt like, oh my goodness, it is so late. You are so loud. Like, can you just sit down and eat? And I literally asked myself, okay, what is the most kind and generous interpretation of his behavior right now? Because the way I'm seeing it is that he's just acting out. He just doesn't want to sit down. He's just not listening and when i took a step back and consciously asked myself what else could be going on here let me get curious i realized there's a lot of energy when you're singing on stage in a group like that this is the first time he has ever done anything like that in his life not only that but he had all of his grandparents there and his dad had just come back from a business trip and he had really missed his dad so There was so much going on, and his body could not contain the excitement. He didn't even know what to do with that. So once I understood that, I was able to help him. I was able to set him up for success. I stopped worrying about whether he was going to eat or not, and I gave him a chance to eat after everyone had said goodbye, and things felt calmer for him. And his dad sat there with him and talked to him while he ate. He ended up eating his full meal, and then they took a bath, and he went to bed no problem. But if I had stayed in that place of frustration, in that place of why are you doing this to me? We all get there sometimes, right? But that's never what's really happening. Our kids aren't giving us a hard time. They are having a hard time. And the holidays are such an important time to keep that in mind. Of course, we want to keep that in mind all the time. But again, for all the reasons I just mentioned, the fact that our kids are out of their normal routine, the fact that there's exciting and fun things and they don't know how to contain that excitement... You're going to see these behaviors more during the holidays. And so have that perspective. Expect your kid to fall apart. And when it happens and you do find yourself feeling like I did last night and feeling frustrated and just wanting it to stop, can you take a moment? Can you take a deep breath? And can you literally ask yourself, okay, what's the kindest interpretation? Because the least kind interpretation of this is just that my kid is trying to give me a hard time or refusing to listen or refusing to eat or whatever it is. But that is never the case. Behavior is communication. So now that you have that mindset of, okay, my kid's probably going to struggle a little more than usual, and it's really normal, and it makes so much sense that they're struggling. Now let's talk about what you can do with that mindset. So the first thing I just mentioned, get curious. Take a pause and ask yourself, what else could be going on here? What does my child need in this moment? And then how can you meet that need? Another note on mindset, and I talked a lot about this in the episode two weeks ago about simplifying the holidays and reducing our own stress, but your attitude and your calm and your presence really matters. So don't try to pack it all in and do all the things this holiday season. Pick the things that really matter and do those things but do them with a presence, do them with calm and actually enjoy them. Because if we are frazzled, if we are running out the door on two wheels and not grounded, our kids are gonna pick up on that and we are going to have such a difficult time meeting them where they need us to meet them in these really challenging moments. So with the right mindset, we can then prepare for these difficult moments we can expect that our kids are going to be excited before we go see santa or before we go to a parade or before we go to a party and during that time that time when you're getting however many kids ready and yourself ready and trying to get out the door and trying to remember to bring the cookies and the gifts and whatever else that's going to be the hardest time expect that so then how can you set your child up for success So sometimes it can help to lower the sensory input, right? And so we might want to have our kids sit down and watch a Christmas movie or sit down and watch Bluey or whatever. That might be the right move for 30 minutes while you are just getting everything ready. Maybe you put on a show or your child might need more sensory vestibular input, which might mean they need to move. So can you build that in? you have a mini trampoline or does your child have a bike or can they just go out and run in the backyard or can you turn on a song and let them dance out their feelings dance out their excitement you can also talk to your child about how this might happen you know we're going to be going to a party later and I know you are so excited and I know it might be hard to wait and when you have those excited hard to wait feelings in your body what are some things you can do how can you let those silly, excited feelings out safely? What do you think? What are some ideas that you have? And then you can share some ideas of your own with your child, right? I was thinking maybe once we're ready to go, you could sit and watch an episode of Bluey. Or I was thinking, maybe you want to play with some Play-Doh. Maybe you want to jump on the trampoline before we go. You can talk to your child about how both of you might know when your child is feeling that excitement that they don't know what to do with. If I notice that you're moving your body and you're not really in control, that might be a sign to me. What do you think? What are some signs that I might notice if you're feeling so excited that you don't know what to do with it? Another thing that can be really helpful is, and I talked about this in last week's episode, but I think it bears repeating, coming up with a signal together with your child ahead of time. And your child can use this signal to tell you, hey, I need some help. I have some feelings that I don't know what to do with, or I'm having these behaviors and I don't know why and I need your help. So this is great because your child can use this signal while you're getting ready for a gathering or while you're actually there. Your child can do this signal without having to find you and actually say words, which can be really challenging if your kiddo is dysregulated or overexcited. And they can communicate to you, hey, I need you. I don't know what to do right now. I need help. And that can not only communicate to you that they need you, but also put you Back in the right headspace to respond effectively to the behavior. So if you were feeling frustrated, that signal reminds you, oh, this is not a purposeful getting on my nerves. This is not just hitting her brother because she's just hitting her brother. She's having a hard time. Like we might know that, but the signal actively reminds us, oh, my kid is doing the best they can right now. Kids do well when they can. My child is asking me for help. And that can help us respond effectively. So another way to prepare your child ahead of time is to think together about parts of, say, a gathering or an event that might feel hard or challenging. Maybe it's the car ride to get to grandma's house. Maybe it's the waiting to leave. Maybe it's the being there and hanging out with cousins and being so excited that they don't know how to handle that. Maybe they go to grandma's house and it's really hard to wait to open presents and they want to just get straight to that. And it's hard to sit and talk with people and have a meal first. Maybe that feels challenging. Maybe it's feeling disappointed when they open a present and not knowing how to handle that in the moment. And if you haven't yet, go back and listen to my episode on gratitude, because I talk a lot about how to handle specifically that struggle, your child opening presents and freezing up and feeling too shy to say thank you or not loving the present. How do we handle that? How do we prepare them? I talk all about that specifically in that episode, so definitely go back and listen. But we want to talk with our kids about the parts of these gatherings that they think might be stressful, that might be challenging. So sit down and brainstorm together ahead of time the things that might feel challenging and how you will handle them together and let your child know you're not alone in this. I am here for you. Hey, that might be a great time to use the signal we came up with. Having a plan, even if you don't actually follow it to the letter when your child is struggling can be so helpful. It might actually mean that because you talked about it, your child doesn't have a hard time in a moment where they otherwise would have. And if your child does start to struggle, at least you've talked about how you might approach it and your child knows, hey, I'm on your team and I've got you. We have a plan and if you're struggling, I am here to help. So those are some ways that we can prepare ourselves through our mindset and prepare our kids through conversations, through having a plan, through coming up with a signal to really set them up for success. Now, when we think about setting our kids up for success around holiday events and gatherings, we also need to keep their schedules in mind. Yes, there are going to be times where you're going to keep your child up past their bedtime. You're going to stay up late and go out to a gathering or go out and see a movie or do something fun. And that's expected and that is okay, especially you know your child. If you know your child can handle that, then go for it. But if you have a child who when they miss their nap, they always melt down, or if you have a child who you know needs to be in bed by a certain time because that's just how they function best, then maybe consider planning around their schedule to the degree that you can. Maybe you plan to go to a gathering and leave on the earlier side so that you can be home in time for bedtime. Or maybe you're okay keeping your child up a little bit later, but you don't go to the gathering until they've woken up from a good nap. Or like last night before the concert, I knew that we weren't going to be eating dinner until at least an hour after when we would normally be eating. And so I fed my kids an early pre-dinner. Basically, I fed them two dinners, But I really wanted to make sure that they weren't hangry while they were sitting in a crowded hot auditorium waiting for this concert to start while they were waiting for pizza to arrive or waiting to get out of a crowded parking lot. I wanted to make sure that they had food in them because hangry meltdowns are a big thing for my kids. And I wanted to make sure they had a full balanced protein, carb and fat meal so that they could actually hang For this concert and wait for the later dinner. So that's something to think about, right? Could you feed your child a dinner ahead of the dinner that they're going to have at this gathering? Even if that means they eat less at the gathering, who cares? At least they're fed and they're not going into this situation hangry. That's really important. So those are just a few ways that you might work with your child's schedule instead of against it or prepare your child, front load some food, front load some sleep so that your child can actually hang for some of these fun out of the norm things that we're doing over the holidays. Now, what do we do when our child actually does have a meltdown? When we are out to dinner and our child loses it, when we are at the parade and our kid is just done? When we are at a family gathering and our child doesn't want to do what we said we need them to do, it's time to go, it's time to get your shoes on, or it's time to come sit down at the table with everybody and they just lose it. What do we do? Those moments can feel so challenging. Normal meltdowns can feel challenging, right? It's hard to sit with these big emotions, especially if as children, we didn't get co-regulation. We got shut down or punished in those moments. So when our kids are losing it and having this Big outpouring of emotions, it can be really tough for us to stay regulated and calm and show up the way we want to. But also add to that family members or strangers watching you deal with this, and that can just feel intense. And so I just want you to acknowledge that for yourself, and I want you to have a plan. So when it comes to public meltdowns, here's what I will say Never continue the co regulation in public. Find somewhere private, find a quiet bedroom at a family gathering, or can you go to the car if you're in public or even just a quiet corner of a store or an event if you can't get to your car? Because here's the thing, when we are co-regulating with an audience that can easily move from co-regulation to frustration and maybe even punishment or just trying to get the feelings to stop. It's so easy to feel like we have to perform for the people we think are watching and judging us. And most of the time, I would argue that people are not watching and judging you. If anything, they're over here doing the Hunger Games sign like, oh, I feel you, I've been there. But even if they were judging you, you know what your child needs. You can stand grounded and confident in the knowledge that you know how to co-regulate. You know what your child needs and you can provide that but it's going to be a lot easier to provide that if you get out of the public eye. So take your child somewhere private and calm and co-regulate. Let the feelings come out. You literally only have to do two things. Just let your child express the feelings. Welcome those feelings. I know you're sad. You really didn't like that. You don't want to go home. I really get that. I hear you. You really wanted to keep playing with your cousin. And I said, it's time for dinner. I understand. It's okay to be mad about that. It's okay to be mad at me. I'm here. You're just allowing the feelings. And then the second thing is just to keep your child safe. Oh, I know you're mad. I'm not going to let you hit me. I'm not going to let you kick. I'm going to hold your hands until you're done hitting. I'm going to stop you. I can't let you hurt yourself or me. So you're going to welcome the feelings and you're going to keep your child safe. That's it. That's all you have to do. And then once your child is calm, You can make a plan to re-enter the gathering together. Okay, so that was really tricky, huh? Are you feeling better? Do you want to go out and play with your cousins again? What do you think? Do you want to go back and watch the parade? If you feel ready, what do you think you need in order to go back out there and have a good time? And your child might not be able to tell you that, and that's okay, but just talking with them about it. And maybe you know what your child needs. If you have a toddler, maybe they just need you to hold them for a little while And so you do that and you'll know when it's time to put them down and let them go play again. I think it's also really important to mention here, though, that sometimes the most loving, kindest thing we can do in these moments is cut our losses and go home. So let's say you're at a restaurant and your child is just done. Maybe you know that it is time for a nap or time for bed and that they're just past their point of what they can handle. In that moment, no, it's not fun. No, it's not what you wanted, but can you take the food to go and head home? Or maybe your child is really having a tough time leaving a family gathering. Can you gently shepherd them through and get them out to the car seat and then maybe run back in and say goodbye and then just head home? I know that might not be what you want to do in that moment. And I've been there. It's not fun, but it's better than pushing your child when you know they can't handle anything else. So sometimes you're going to be able to co-regulate and regroup. And other times that's just not going to be possible. You know your child, especially if it's close to nap time or bedtime, you might just want to cut your losses and head home. This isn't a holiday story, but I once took my boys, this is before my youngest was born, and I took my boys, who at the time I think were like one and four, to see their dad play a rec soccer game. The game started at seven, and my kids are usually asleep, at that age at least, they were asleep by 7.30. And so this was probably a bad idea from the start, but he really wanted them to see him play and they really wanted to go. So we went, we went to the concession stand, we bought some fun snacks and almost immediately one of them did something the other didn't like. And both kids just completely crumbled into Meltdownsville. I literally left the snacks on the table. I picked one kid up in each arm. I called to my husband, Hey, can you get a ride home with our neighbor? left the food on the table, and went home. Yes, it was frustrating. Yes, it was annoying. But it was 1,000% the right call in that moment. And because I knew that, because I knew that it wasn't my fault, that I didn't have bad kids, that I wasn't a bad parent, that I was just pushing what they could handle by taking them to a 7 p.m. soccer game, I knew that what I was doing was the right call, and I didn't feel embarrassed carrying two kids out, one in each arm. I literally made eye contact with my neighbor's mom, and she was like, Girl, I see you. I I get it. See you later. Right. It was totally fine because I understood what needed to happen in that moment. So sometimes the kindest thing to do is to cut our losses and head home. And when we do that, We don't want it to be punitive. Look what you made us do. Now we're going home. See, I can't take you anywhere. That's not the energy we want to bring to that moment. When I was carrying my two boys out to the car, one in each arm, I wasn't saying to them, look what you made us do. I'm so mad. I put them in their car seats and I said, well, I guess we need to head home. I think we are too sleepy to be out. And yes, they were still protesting and they were still crying. And I was trying to co-regulate and drive. I think I ended up turning on some music. But at the end of the day, I made the right call, and I didn't do it in a punitive way. I did it in a very empathic. I know you wanted to stay. I know you really wanted to see Daddy play soccer. I hear you. You're really sad that we're going home. I know. I'm sad too. I get it. So if you do need to leave, let your child know that you. Get that they're disappointed, that you're disappointed too, and that there will be other times, there will be other parties, other family gatherings, other parades, and that right now we're just going to go home and we're going to get some sleep. Expect protest. Don't expect them to say, okay, thank you for thinking of my needs, because that's not going to happen. But this is another situation where if you know there's going to be protest, if you know they're not going to be very happy when you say, all right, I think it's time to go home, then you can handle it because your mindset is, yep this is normal. Of course they're protesting. They're in the same headspace that led them to have the meltdown that showed me they couldn't really hang anymore. So everything I'm talking about today in this episode applies all the time, year round with your child. But I think the holidays are a time when we especially need to hear this, when kids are more prone to meltdowns because sugar, because schedule changes, because They are out of their routine and excitedly anticipating all of these fun things. It's so normal for kids to struggle during the holidays for all of those reasons. So it's really important that we have the right mindset and that we have a plan to handle these situations because they're going to come up. It's kind of inevitable. But if you have a plan, you will be able to navigate these situations with confidence, with calm, with grounded presence, which is what your child really needs. So that wraps up today's episode and my holiday survival series for parents. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you have a happy, peaceful holiday and I will catch you next week. And until then, we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.